This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. We're going to talk about being ripped off today. Ripped off in so many ways. Um, People could relate to this. Uh, Even I've done some um, crazy stuff to save a few bucks. I've ordered stuff on Amazon only to find out that they had a price reduction. And going through their little chat, I tried to get them just to give me the refund, right? Just I just bought this three days ago. I got it in my hand, but the price reduced today, and uh, I want the reduced price. And they're like, sorry, we don't honor uh, price matching. So I've actually literally, on Amazon's expense, shipped the one product back and bought the other one to get a better price. Other cases even, and I'm just speaking for myself, I'm sure other people um, have done this too, where uh, I bought things from Amazon only to find out that Menards down the street actually had it for less. Um, we, we become smarter consumers as, um, as we go along. And sometimes it can go so far the other way where we get calls that people are looking for better deals on health insurance. There's, there's no better deal, right? It's, it's an insurance risk that yeah, is put together based on lines of coverage. And each insurance company has a price to insure that. Can some insurance companies be less than others? Sure. It's the same thing that car mechanics could charge for different oil changes. Does that mean the quality is different? Maybe in some cases, but just because you pay more for an oil change doesn't mean that you're getting a better outcome. And healthcare is very much related to that. In fact, uh, there's been studies that the higher the quality, the less the cost because they're more efficient and they do things better and um, they have um, higher ratings. I mean, the list goes on, but you know, some people are looking for this better deal on the health insurance. They want it cheaper, right? It's not that you're buying something for less and getting the same thing. Usually you get less, right? So you call my office and say, I want to cut my premiums by, you know, uh, whatever, $15,000 a year. Well, right from the get-go, if you want a 15-minute conversation and it's all you're willing to give me, you're going to lose coverage. That's it. Some of these brokers uh, that deal with some of these employers out there, uh, Sometimes you walk in there uh, and they're so busy and they're like, uh, dude, you only got 10 minutes to go over this renewal. Well, that's why some brokers are like, well, you know what? Just raise your deductible. Um, that's 10 minutes worth of work and uh, you'll lower your cost and uh, we'll see you next year, right? Because they're not willing to invest the time. There, there's time involved in a lot of this. And if you're expecting quick outcomes, then that's all you're going to get. That's the reality. If you're not willing to invest uh, anything and you're not willing to pay for the advice to get to that point, um, that's a concern. So I want to talk about a recent article. Um, I know when we're recording this, it's in September. It'll probably be published uh, in, in uh, October. But on 9-11, Wall Street Journal came out with an article talking about generic drugs uh, should be cheap, but insurers are charging um, thousands of dollars more on certain drugs. And this has been going on for a long time. There's actually some lawsuits based on claims in that matter that insurance companies are paying uh, different rates based on the policy you have for the same exact service, same exact code. And so why? Like, um, obviously, they're giving better deals somewhere else. But this particular one, we're just going to talk about drugs. The cash price is different, um, but they charge the health plans more. So it's almost like when you get a bigger purse, they're going to charge more. And in some cases, um, healthcare uh, at the retail front, which is like doctor visits and whatnot, some facilities are going, oh, no, 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 no. If you pay cash, we're going to be charging you full price. You know, that doctor visit is actually billed at $250. That's what we're billing. 
not the discounted rate by the PPO because you don't have insurance. So uh, what's the going rate? Is it is it 125 after the discount rate or is it 250, right? Where I had a bill for five minutes in the doctor's office. Now he was a specialist and we needed guidance and direction um, for surgery, but five minutes he said he couldn't help. He had to go to a, a specialist. Um, it was a $450 visit discounted to $150. So is that visit for five minutes worth 450 or is it 150, right? We really don't know, right? It's almost like that old uh, um, commercial, at least from the 90s, where how many licks does it take to get to the center of uh, a Tootsie Pop? Uh, the answer may vary depending on who it is, right? In some cases, some people would say, well, who cares what the price is? The insurance is paying for it, which is a huge problem. But a lot of employees out there, um, or even people that buy their own health insurance, they uh, complain that when certain things aren't covered, and who cares if they're covering it? In some cases, um, you know, spouses are like this. One is conscious of dollars and they're paying, picking, picking health plans based on dollars. And then you have a spouse that's not paying attention to the dollars and complaining that they can't get to certain doctors or they can't get to um, out of pocket, you know, or they're paying too much at the claim time, whatever it might be. There's just more. But they're not looking at the big picture. And I'm not necessarily saying you should eliminate a bunch of doctors. In fact, I, I actually think doctor uh, networks should be gone now. It's kind of like, uh, why are we still dealing with petroleum and cars? Because there's too much money into it. So it's the same thing. There's too much money in networks. Um, and so they don't want to open it up because then that they take away, you take away control when you do that. And so on a different note, you know, like there's so many changes that have to be made in order to keep money conscious or whatever it might be. Um, but some people are like, well, it's a, it's an unlimited credit card. You just present the the nice blue, purple, yellow, green logo on on the card down, and it's all taken care of, right? And for a long time, it probably was, right? A lot of union plans are still like that, where you just drop your card and things are taken care of, right? The good old days, right? It's gone. Um, even unions are having a hard time controlling the cost, but let alone trying to figure out how to not to pass too much onto their union members, right? It's just really tough. So, but the reality is, is you still pay for it. So it's not this unlimited credit card. You're going to pay for it at some point, right? Same thing with taxes, right? One thing that people apparently forget, uh, and I'm just speaking out loud here, like, uh, you know, Congress passes bills, you know, and it's $1 trillion uh, and they put it in a law and they're like, we're going to finance this over a period of time. And people are like, yeah, yeah, that's great. Right. But not to realize that they keep doing it. Right. Eventually you don't have money to pay the bill. Right. Same thing with the, the health insurance. If we keep doing and acting like, oh, we just the insurance will take for it. Well, in, in this case, the insurance company is just passing it back on to premiums. Well, politicians do it in taxes. It's just there's more of us um, compared to a health plan that you might be in. And so you will see less of an impact over a period of time, but it will go up. Taxes will go up. Health insurance premiums will go up. And so collectively, we we play uh, or pay into a pool, which are paying out more expenses, which means they have to fill that hole. And then at the same time, people are expecting no increases, right? They get older, there's more expenses, but even if you come back and say, hey, look at your one year older. And so the premium went up 10%. Like they complain, well, why 10%, right? Like why? Inflation's only 3%. We, we hear it all day long, right? It's just the reality. Well, then stop using your plan for miscellaneous stuff and start asking questions on the healthcare costs. Because if it was 
your money, you would do that. The same thing goes with my example about purchasing from Amazon, finding out that it was cheaper and you ship it back, make them pay the money just so you can get a lower price. It's going to happen like that with healthcare um, before you know it, because people are going to say that's absurd. Why am I getting a $450 bill for a five minute visit? That should have been 150 from the beginning. Why are they even billing 450? That's that's my big question. So the same thing here is like, why are we billing more and and expecting insurance company to pay for it and then complain when the increase is there? So you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's just uh, the way the money works. And if you want less increase, then have America spend less, right? And we probably shouldn't spend less. We have great healthcare system. You can get access to healthcare. I'm not saying don't get health you know, your health checked out and getting things taken care of. I'm just saying like your, your maintenance on your car, you have a little bit older of a car, you might budget things that go a little longer. Sure. It's a car. It's not your human life. Right. But, but still you might ask more questions before you start putting the credit card down. Um, and that's, that's what we don't do when it comes to health insurance. But when it comes to drug costs in this article, they're talking about for the same exact drug, um, they're billing the insurance companies, three times the actual cost of the drug. And one of those reasons is uh, pharmacy benefit managers or PBMs. Um, and we never really had to worry about this in the past, but it's becoming bigger and bigger of an issue. And more and more employers are challenging the cost. So therefore we have to analyze this. And a lot of companies that you're currently with, uh, those who are listening to this, they cannot break apart the health plan from the pharmacy benefit manager. And that's a problem. And I'll tell you why here in a little bit. And mostly because the branded carriers, they own their own pharmacy, but, um, and it creates a conflict, right? Because Peter and Paul work for the same company, right? So you're not robbing Peter to pay Paul, um, because it's all the same money, right? It, it, it filters up and they're making the same money. So it's just a big wash for them. And because it shows up as an expense on a line item, it justifies a premium increase because they spelled it, uh, they spent the money for you. So even though PBMs or these pharmacy benefit managers still direct uh, people towards the generic drugs, they're still determining their own price that they're going to pay. And so to their sister company on top of it, right? So it's almost like uh, if you if your spouse needed $50, so you give them $50, it doesn't, it's not your money transferring to your spouse. In most cases, it's one of the same because if one day you need the 50 bucks back, then, you know, it's just part of that companionship. And so um, the pharmacy benefit manager with the insurance companies, ideally the same thing, but the, the only difference is it shows up as an expense and then it gets passed on. Um, so who's, who's thinking about um, your best interest? Is it the insurance company or is it you? All right. And uh, the insurance company is definitely not on the same page as you. The PBMs have incentives to keep the price as high as possible. And, and this is coming from the, this article. There's data that supports it. And there's people probably listening to this saying there's there's absolutely no way. Uh, I'm telling you that there's uh, no integrity uh, when it comes to money at times, and especially in the pharmaceutical space. And uh, and I think it creates a problem because it passes down to the policyholder, increases premium. So this article actually gives some really good examples. So there's um, a, a drug, and I, I could mispronounce it, but uh, Clevic. Um, I'm not sure what it was for, but they compared it and said. Uh, Cigna was uh, charged $6,600 for, uh, per month to have this medication. CVS Health uh, was charged more than $7,000, but yet United Healthcare can charge $218 for that drug. There was an MS therapy drug that they compared, and the cost through a Cuban pharmacy, uh, again, mail order, third-party mail order over the country, it's available, and if you need access to it, just call our office. 
uh, it costs $54 a month. But if you compare that to what UHC paid, it was $1,200 for the $54. And the list goes on. So uh, hopefully in the show notes, I'll include a link. It is a, um, a subscription website. I'm not sure if the article is open or not, but uh, the, what we can uh, I'll include the link so that you could uh, refer to the examples that are in there. And that's why a lot of, and we're going to talk about upticks and self-funded plans, but self-funded plans allow you to look at the data more. You could see where that information's going. You could see the expense in there and you could see what they're actually pricing those drugs at. And so you could actually go to another pharmacy benefit manager, if it's a true self-funded plan, that is, and say, okay, what? It, here's our top three drugs, and this is what we're spending. Wow, what does your plan look like? But even if you were able to do a self-funded plan on a small employer, it, it does have less of an impact. But you know, if you could turn around and save $12,000 a year on, a, on an expense that's coming out of your healthcare fund, then you know that, that could be big for a small employer. Whereas... If you had an employer that was 100 employees or 500 or 1,000 or 10,000, right, that, that 12,000 could be $1.2 million, right, in, in drug costs alone. And so uh, you have to look at the data because if you could find alternatives, and if anything, if anything at all, all you did was provide guidance, there's third-party companies that you could add to the self-funded plan that actually help your employees actually navigate this and actually give them sound advice to their nurses and doctors that help guide them through a process to find alternative medications, um, maybe alternative ways, maybe alternative doctors, second opinions, third opinions, just because doctors push meds a certain way because based on their current beliefs, and that's okay. I mean, everybody's got a personality and what they believe, um, and that goes with all um, walks of life and industries. But uh, you just may need to get that second opinion just to at least be aware of it. If you do all the homework and you find out that drug is still there, at least you um, know that that's the drug that you need. Definitely uh, helps you get more resources in there. You know, by controlling that cost though, it can make the difference between having a three to 5% increase compared to a 15% to 30% increase. And so it's it could really add up to the bottom line for any employer, whether it's a small employer or if you're um, uh, considered a large employer, even over 10,000 employees, uh, there's uh, case studies after case studies and, and there's even a recent article that talked about that the even the federal health insurance program for a lot of federal employees out there that they're getting bigger increases and no one's evaluating this. And there's a, a peer in my industry that's down in Texas, um, Josh Butler. He's he's a great guy. I, I haven't talked to him a whole lot, just small inter interactions, but he put a case study that they helped out a county in uh, Texas somewhere and they saved huge, like a huge amount of money that they were able to redistribute, redistribute back to other resources with inside the county. And what I'm talking about, I, I want to say it was definitely, it wasn't like $100,000 or something, or you, I, I want to say it was in the millions, right? And so if he could do it at micro level of a county, imagine what he could do for a city municipality that offers a health plan, let alone with the federal government, right? And so there's probably, in the federal government, there's probably trillions of dollars that can be redistributed back to federal programs without increasing taxes, um, or just give the taxpayers back their money, right? Like they pass these laws that are a trillion dollars, and just imagine if they took a trillion dollars and divided among all the taxpayers out there and give them a refund of their own money instead of giving it to nonprofits. Listen up, Butch wants to give you your own elite benefits playbook, and it's absolutely free. 
from business strategy to benefit strategy. Every step from the start through implementation, account setup, and open enrollment. Working through service requests and the process of renewals. A valuable look at your company, your insurance options, and how to make the process easier on you. Go now to EliteBenefits.net slash playbook and get your free Elite Benefits Playbook or give Butch a call today, 708-535-3006. 2023, we're, we're over halfway through it, but there was an article that was put out on um, by a journalist on Substack, uh, Wendell Potter. I have no connection with him, but I'm giving him credit for the data. He compiled it. I do know that I, I seen these resources that he had referenced in, in his article, and I, I encourage you to go read it. And, and they're from third party, even industry ones. He did a good job putting the data together and I'm just using some references from his article. Um, but the credit goes back to him by putting it together. Uh, I definitely encourage to go check it out. And so it's titled seven big, um, big health insurance companies pulled in $683 billion in revenue so far for the first half of the year, largely through taxpayer funded programs such as Medicaid, Medicare, uh, Obamacare with the, the taxpayer subsidies, as well as the pharmacy supply chain. And so I just got done talking about these are two different articles, two different publications, um, but the pharmacy supply chain is huge, let alone taking taxpayer dollars to help fund it, and the insurance companies are profiting more. But somehow Obamacare was trying to crack the whip on everything and uh, they clearly didn't control the cost they actually gave it a highway to actually increase the profits for the entire healthcare supply chain including providers insurance companies the pharmaceutical world you name it um, and then indirectly made it worse for the consumer and uh, i'll argue that any day even though people say well it was good uh, yeah there was some good but uh, not at the cost that it was there. Uh, there was better ways to do it, from at least from my perspective. Um, you could have done it a lot more efficient, and employers would be paying a lower premiums as well as the individuals that are private pays. So get this, uh, two-thirds uh, of a trillion dollars was made between seven insurance companies. Get that, right? Like um, two-thirds of a, a trillion dollars um, was by seven insurance companies. I had to repeat that. It was It's it's crazy. It's mind-boggling that they're controlling the entire space and they're profiting more. Um, profits are up 8.1% compared to the same time last year, uh, even though revenues are up at 11%. While investors are shifting billions of dollars, um, the article references um, during the first uh, eight months, uh, as a consequence, um, their stock has lowered, right? So Wall Street's not happy with them, but somehow the money's still going in the bank. And our premiums are going up on top of it. i uh, just give you an example. Even stock, UHC stock was down 7.9%. Cigna was down 13.2%. And Humana was down 7.6%. Those who are listening to some of that could have been for Humana because they're exiting the uh, employer market. Uh, they're going to be focused on the Medicare um, and possibly Medicaid. Don't quote me on that, but I know Medicare, they're pretty big in. So um, that could be why, and I'm just speaking out loud. But the article referenced this, so I wanted to point out that there's some money shifting going on as well as these profits going up, right? While at the same time, the article pointed out that Dow, Dow was up 5.1% since January 3rd. Uh, S&P's up 18% and NASDAQ's up 35%. So these... Big, huge carriers profiting more are down. Um, and so 
I do think some some th some things are going on in the marketplace. Um, it's uh, some muddy waters out there. Um, obviously, Wall Street demands more, so that I think that's what were the biggest things. So, but enrollments are going up too at the same time. So the average um, I just pulled the highest actually the increase um, in the group market is nine percent, and then in, um, Centane uh, Insurance was up fifty percent. Centane is a big, huge company. They do a lot of Medicare and they do Obamacare plans. And that 50% bump is mostly in the Obamacare, partly because the affordable premiums, right? So they're, in most markets, they're a lot of, well, I wouldn't say most, um, but they have HMO primarily an EPO, exclusive provider network. And they're just becoming a little bit more favorable in the marketplace, including even the tri-state county around Chicago. So out of those top um, profitable insurance companies, uh, just to pull out some, you got... Um, you know, they, they, they work with these PBMs and I'm going to connect them to the insurance companies, but Cigna, CVS, Aetna, and UHC are the dominant PBMs in the marketplace. They control 80% of the pharmacy um, benefit management space. And now they're actually trying to move and operate their own physician practices and clinics. So imagine if they could gain 80% control. They probably won't in that case, but um, and, but they, they're going to control majority of it. And then all of a sudden now, Peter's paying Paul at a higher rate because they can, and then they're going to charge you for it anyways. And everything's an estimate. And uh, maybe on the next podcast I'll record, there was a video that was put out by a, an organization that talked about that the rest of the world on consumer pricing had changed to an estimate. And then they bill you later for it, just like hospitals do and providers. And so you go to the grocery store, they can only give you an estimate of what milk is. And then they send you the bill after you consume the milk. And uh, they could charge whatever they want. And the, re the video references this. And I think it's comical, but there's truth and jest. And so I think that the, the hospitals and the providers know this as well. They're just going to say, well, that could be a price range of, you know, ten dollars to $100,000. It's a big price range. And then you get the bill and it's really $130,000, right? Well, 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 what changed, right? You gave us a price range, even though it was bogus to begin with. Now it's above that. Like what happened, right? And they get away with it. And I... And it's obviously wrong, but in this video is referencing that. Just to point out more on the pharmacy benefit manager, Cigna now earns more from its pharmacy benefit manager, which is Express Scripts, uh, than it does on its own health plans. Um, CVS Health collects more money from Caremark, their uh, pharmacy benefit manager, than it does on its own health plans. And half of UHC's profits, not even revenue, profits are now coming from Optus um, division, which is their uh, pharmacy benefit manager as well. Premiums will be going up and higher out-of-pocket expenses. It's really what it's going to come down to. And they have no incentive to actually control it because they're just going to pass the cost on. There's no limit anymore, right? And versus in the local market, especially when you have competition, if if Mariano's and Kroger's is ch uh, charging milk at $3, but if you go to another grocery store and they're charging $5 and this catches on over time, you have the right to actually sh uh, shift in its transparency. You're a shopper. Well, you're not going to have that advantage and they're just going to keep increasing the cost because they don't really care. And um, some of it's going to be paid for by insurance and some of it's going to be by you and more and more people are going to have medical debt. It's, it's rising now and it will continue to rise. Since most of the profits are coming from the pharmacy benefit manager and tax funded um, programs uh, such as Medicare, Medicaid and uh, you know, Medicare Advantage plans and the Obamacare plans, you will see an increase in the Obamacare plans. Uh, exchange plans, uh, as well as Medicare Advantage and Medicaid plans. They're going to figure out ways to, uh, to get more market share in those spaces. That's what's going to happen. And so 
Illinois wants to actually own their own exchange, make a public exchange available, which is not really good for policy. Some people think it is, but um, it's really going to be underbid the rest of the market at some point. Um, they just have to, right? If they complain, oh, affordable health care is not there, well, they're just going to lower the price and make it affordable and eat the cost and then charge you for it in taxes. Um, it's just the way it goes. They want more control of the cash. cash and between now and then, and most insurance companies are going to take advantage of this. And since it's through uh, taxpayer dollars, they're going to uh, reap more rewards because they're sharing the cost with the policyholder. So just more in recent data, there's been a slight uh, decline uh, since the Affordable Care Act and large groups self-funded. Uh, there's some speculation of this. Uh, numbers are always fluid. It's hard to pinpoint exactly why this market was there. But my focus um, in this data was really to talk about the small and mid-sized market. The large market, I think they're testing waters to see uh, if they can get out of something, into something. Uh, in some cases, maybe... Uh, fully insured was better fitting. It could be timing in the market. We're talking about just a 10-year snapshot. It's hard to say um, you know, exactly what's going on there. And so meanwhile, the small and mid-sized um, companies are actually moving more towards self-funded plans. Why? Because they control the cost. So they refer back to the pharmacy benefit manager. Uh, just for one example, you know, you, you have the ability to pick a more transparent pharmacy benefit manager. You could shop the pharmacy benefit manager and keep the same administrator, which could be Blue Cross or, you know, United or whoever. But but uh, usually you go to another third party, and you control the administrative fee a little bit more. But you could keep all that and keep the insurance company how it is and switch the pharmacy um, benefit to control the cost. The loyalty for the big branded carriers are going to go away. So the big question is, do you want that 30% increase and in just out of loyalty to keep that big blue card or green card or what blue card, whatever it is? Um, you want that, right? You're going to willing to be paying for a brand that doesn't have any loyalty in return. Or do you want to make it better and control the cost, right? So with the shopping the pharmacy benefit managers, you could create incentive to lower the cost of the medications. You could shop them. They could actually show you what their invoices are. They could show you what the true cost is and then how it's going to benefit the policyholders. Just a lot more numbers to deal with. You could eliminate more expensive drugs from the plan that have lower cost alternatives. There are a ton of lower cost alternative drugs, generic versions of it made by the same company as the brand company without jeopardizing the employee's health. Um, there's tons of these and, and there's ways to walk through to make sure that uh, you don't jeopardize your employees, but there's drug costs that um, could be in the thousands more versus the generic version being very affordable and even to pay cash. You could do cost analysis a lot more. Plan designs is one start right you could even do that in fully insured look at the plan design we had one employer um, they were uh, 100 employees uh, we came in they didn't want to switch carriers so we end up just changing the plan designs we end up ultimately saving on 25 percent across the board um, for this company in that first year and so we stayed with the same company right there's no magic wand it's it's all about math going in math coming out and so um, this isn't just increasing deductibles and out-of-pocket expenses. We actually did uh, analysis on what was actually going to work for that and those employees and then figured out what would be a good incentive to move them to lower-cost plans. In fact, we moved the lower-cost plans and their out-of-pocket went less. And so it's not like we jeopardized the employees, uh, but they went to lower-cost plans, which ultimately saved everybody, including the employees. Uh, you can incentivize the employees to have, go to higher uh, quality facilities that really actually charge less uh, versus more uh, to help lower the cost to the employee um, 
or and I'm sorry, lower the cost expense to the self-funded um, program, but also you could lower or eliminate the employee's cost. You know, just imagine if you needed a transplant or you get diagnosed with cancer and you had some guidance to pick some of the highest rated facilities in the in the country and and possibly eliminate your employees out of expense out of pocket expenses to get there, right? And can you imagine that? You you just get faced with this life-changing alternate medical condition and then you, you just eliminate your out of employees out of pocket and it didn't have that much of an impact on the bottom line. Um, it's not as easy to do with smaller employer plans, but you could head in the right direction by um, making strides towards it. That's why it's a multi-year outlook, right? We're not going to change this thing overnight. And you can't just come and work with us for a couple years and then switch back to a different broker or your older broker. This is a multi-year strategy and it could keep changing depending on the size of the company, depending on what your employees need and, and your budget and, and where you want to go. You could educate the employees on ER visits versus urgent care. Right? And so a lot of people run the urgent, I'm sorry, emergency rooms and they should be going to urgent care to eliminate it. There's a, a business owner here in Chicago. He just put up a uh, public video on his Facebook uh, just talking about he went to the ER and people were concerned about him. He's um, really good health, um, excellent health, hasn't drank alcohol in years, and he's fitness um, beyond anything else that I've ever known. And his uh, he wasn't feeling well, and his watch picked up that his um, heart rate was a little bit different. And so he went to urgent care first, and then they told him, you know what, you're going to the hospital because we, there's more tests we need that we can't do here, right? But all along, he was under medical supervision, and uh, and I know even I can relate to that where I woke up one morning and there was a sharp pain on the left side of my chest, and it would come and go throughout the entire day. So I said, you know what, I'm just, it was in the mid-afternoon or something, I'm like, I'm just going to have a quick sandwich and then I'll, because I might be there for hours. And I went to urgent care to help lower the cost. And the doctor actually joked that if there was anything wrong, which we'll put you in the back of the ambulance, get you to the hospital as soon as we can. And so coincidentally for me, there was nothing wrong, but they, this other business owner I'm referring to, uh, it was uh, some type of irregular heartbeat. I don't know the exact details, but um, it ended up going away and then it's treated with meds. And um, so I'm sure he's on the right track again. And he's been cycling and working out ever since and haven't, hasn't repeated the issue. Uh, you could educate employees on hospital charges versus the clinic for outpatient services, such as lab works and MRIs, x-rays, because a lot of doctors will send them over to the uh, hospital because it um, it's convenient and all this other stuff, but it, uh, doctors do do it because there's an accountable uh, revenue stream for each physician, but it's going to cost more. So if you find alternatives or places away from the hospital, it would be a lot less for the same results. Um, some doctors will pigeon toe you and say you have to go there. Those are the only results we'll look at, which is not, not true. Um, maybe some specialties, maybe that could be some... Um, truth to that, but, um, most cases they can read any exam. And so, um, but they do it. Uh, in fact, there's, uh, a guy, um, uh, he does videos. I think uh, I'll put it in the show notes, but, um, it's like healthcare A to Z. And this is, um, former uh, physician that's uh, working for the company and does education videos. And he actually just put out about, um, uh, most hospitals, uh, just talk about what the, um, revenue value is for each physician. Uh, that's what they're mostly focused on, not outcomes. And so, um, it's quite interesting where their focus is more on the revenue um, versus um, outcomes of patients. 
Um, the other reason we move the self-funded plans is data-driven renewals. We've talked about this too, but knowing each category of the spending is kind of like line items on the P&L statement. So you're able to control things. You could use it for leverage against the same insurance company as well as the marketplace. We just did this for a renewal where we had the expense report and they had some claims and it wasn't it wasn't a good year but it wasn't a bad year either so we went back to the carrier and said hey look at hey there was a bone you know these were the expenses this is what they paid in we like we actually talked numbers right like this was what the revenue they received on this account this is what the expenses were i don't know what the margins are can you please consider you know and we actually threw out an offer uh, of a decrease and they actually approved it i mean it, it, it it's not earth shattering but it was it it gave them, you know, I don't know, it was like three, $4,000 a year at least in, in premium savings, so it was worthwhile. Mm-hmm.